Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. Come on, Cam, last year, we said probably 150, mid-150. Yeah. Same doe from the morning come out with that nine-pointer. Here, here steps out this 90-inch eight-pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then out steps like another 90-inch eight-pointer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer, right there. Yeah, like And he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He, he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been at a buck down at 1.40 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 2.45, 24 yards shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. We come down here to Missouri. My ass Comey one more time. I'm like, is it a good buck? And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops. Sure. Super special to me. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes, and you're going to get a lot of homie in this episode. <laughs> We're talking about trail camps. <laughs> Putting me on the spot already, been in here 40 yeah. seconds. Yeah, my notes are not hella long, so we're going to get to hear a lot out of homie in this episode, but uh, it's that time of the year where most of the time we'd have most of our stuff already out but we kind of changed it up this year doing stuff a little different. And that's what we're going to talk about. Um, but basically the whole entire episode is going to be about, you know, is running an ass load of trail cams worth it and what we learned from doing it. So last year we had 30 plus and we're adding 10. Yeah. About. Yep. Yeah. We, so we've we'll already got two. Yeah. So, um, we're just going to dive right into it and tell you guys what we learned running that many cams um, and what you kind of expect if you, even if you're up to 10 cams or five cams from nothing or, you know, five to 10, there's definitely a giant, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in there while you're doing it. So let's get into the people that make this possible and start off with the show. Let's start off with Exodus this week. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to talk about is actually a bunch of stuff that, or, that uh, we have learned from the Exodus guys just being able to talk to them on our podcast, their podcast, listening to their podcast, and also um, watching their technical side of their YouTube channel. So um, 
if you hear something here, and uh, we mentioned that we might have learned that from uh, one of the Exodus guys, you can hop over to their YouTube or their podcast and check that out. And um, you can also check out their trail cameras that we do run, and uh, you can do that at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. Yep. Love their content. Right when we first heard the first episode, we were learning stuff right off the rip. <laughs> yeah, I was like, First one. Yeah. All right, I got last breath this week, guys. Um, the launch party is coming up. You guys know this. We've been telling you every week. We do have people coming from Virginia and Pennsylvania. Um, so if you guys are in the path, uh, one of them are flying, right? Uh, one's yeah, driving, one's, flying. one's flying. Yep, one's flying. Yep. Yeah. So if you guys are in the path of that and you're trying to get it, maybe you can get the same ticket, go on the same flight with him, you know, catch the cabs together, or maybe you can drive with the other guy. So just putting that out there. It's going to be a ton of, ton of fun. I've gave away a ton of tickets to local people. Everybody's talking about it. They're excited. Uh, they want to go again after last year. And uh, hopefully we can fill that place up and make it one that, you know, they'd be like, Oh, last year wasn't shit. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. And uh, word on the street is there's a shuttle service for the after party to the hotel. So there's no telling what's going to be going down. <laughs> Oh, Ain't got to worry about nothing. <laughs> nice. Watch your kneecaps is all I got to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't know what's going on. All right. Do you have the bow hunting league? Yes. Uh, this is kind of here last minute for the bow hunting league. Uh, they just got three hunts donated to them. Um, I don't know the exact number of hunts, but um, this is all in the package that you guys are able to win. It's not only for like the overall winners. There's a bunch of um, like taxidermy stuff that you can win um, just secluded in your own state. Like if you have the biggest buck in your state, um, most inches in your state, stuff like that. That So you don't have to necessarily go up against from somebody. If you're in Alabama, you don't have to go up against a guy in Ohio per se to win a package like that. So um, we're up over $50,000 in total sponsorships in the Bowhunting League available for people to win. All you got to do is sign up at bowhuntingleague.com with your three-man team. And um, we are now signed up as the Gun Hunters. Me, Cody, and Logan, um, who you guys have heard on here quite a bit. And um, we're back year two as the Gun Hunters. Put up some solid numbers last year. I got to step my shit up, though. I got to get on the board there. Yeah. The Gun Guys starting uh, the Gun Guys clothing brand. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. If you guys follow us and you have seen that, that is with our good friend Logan Sellers. he wanted to get involved in something, so we started that up. But yeah, we are the gun hunters on the bow hunting league just because we've got so many gun jokes because we kill the shit out of deer with guns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. Let's talk about trail cams, guys. This is the time of year where every podcast is going to have someone on talking about trail cams. And I feel like a lot of them talk about placement. So I wanted to hit you with something different and just – talk about value what's more valuable than one cam might be more valuable than another cam um what you can kind of expect if you're going to run a bunch of cams and some things that you have to decide before you before you put them all out and then things you need to decide when you do have those card pools so why don't you start off with the first one homie and then we'll go ahead and just keep ripping them okay so just like cody said there in the intro um we do have a ass load of cams. And one thing when you have that many cameras, cards, batteries, straps, um, Python cable locks, you name it. When you have that much stuff, you got to be organized. And that's something that we, I think we took a, a giant leap in that last year. Um, so we have a memory card pouch and that's where all of my cards are. It holds, I want to say, um, it holds 16 cards. And I'm able to hold two cards in each pouch. So I have numbered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, flip it over, same, and then 9, 10, 11, 12, all the way to 16. And that way I can put my two cards per camera, which you, I recommend you have. And um, both cards will fit in there if there's no card in the camera, like saying, like right now, both cards are in the one slot for number one camera. Um, 
I, and that's just, it's just a little pocket size thing. It's a little bit bigger than a pocket size, I would say. Um, Garrett has like a lunch box that he carries all of his stuff in. I think it's actually a Moultrie box. And um, I'm, I don't know exactly what he has inside it, but I've seen him um, on like their Last Breath Lives and uh, just in videos in the inner circle um, that he has, and it's actually strapped to him. And that's just kind of his his deal. Everybody's got their own setup, but at least you have a system and it's organized. And also something that I hit on there earlier is to label each camera and then label each card. So like I have four Exodus Treks right now. I have Exodus number one, Exodus number two, all the way to four. And then I have card number one, card number two. And then say I have a Moultrie cam and I... I'm out of my treks now, so I have Moultrie 5, Moultrie 6, and it just keeps going all the way to, you know, 16. And then both whatever camera that is is where the card slot is in my pouch. So that's just how I keep everything straight and um, organized, and it's been working for me. If you want to keep something a little – if you want to keep everything more together, I would suggest using a book bag. But you still need them cards to be in some sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> I think BG Bowhunter, he uses a little tackle box and has it um, sharpied on there. But uh, also I have just update your firm firmware yearly before you get them out there. And another thing with the cards is I picked this up from you, Cody. I didn't see it on your notes. Um, when you pull the card out of the camera and you put it into your pouch, or I put it into my pouch... Flip that card backwards to where the contacts are facing you. And then you'll know that you haven't checked that card yet. So then when you get home, you're like, shit, you know what? Because trust me, guys, when you're running this many cams, you're going to forget what you just did. Especially when you're out there balls to the wall like we are half the time. Be like, all right, we got three hours. We got to get four miles. We got it. You know, it's hot as shit. You're not thinking all the way out there. So when you get home, you're like, man... Did I pull camera four today or did I pull camera nine? So, But when you have them contacts reversed showing towards you, you're like, okay, I haven't checked this card yet. Or if you do double deck, you can see like, okay, yeah, that card in the back there, the contacts are facing me. I know I haven't checked that card. So that's just an easy way, something that you mentioned last year that I'm going to do more this year because I really like that. And um, that way you know just boom and then put it back and then it's facing you normal. You can see the number on the card and – Whenever you're ready to go, it's it's there waiting for you. Yeah, because if you run two cards, you get that bag open. You just have a bunch of single cards in there, and you have no idea what you pulled or what you didn't pull. So that's was kind of my system. I just flipped it backwards. That way I knew, check it, put it back in there straight. Because yeah, as I'm going to get into in a minute, even, even, even checking cards is super time-consuming when you have that many cameras. Mm -hmm. So – you might only make it through three cards and then you got a kid wanting you to do something or you got a, your wife saying you do something, you know? So it's very rare. I sit down and go through everything. Yeah. Like the first card pool of the year, you do that. But after that, you're like, it's like everybody's asleep. It's 1030. You went through two and now you're going to do the other eight now. And, and uh, then you're trying to collect all the data and stuff. I just, I like to do it when I got time if, if I can, but the, the anticipation to get, get to the hot car, you know, this is, <laughs> yeah. the hot one, you know, this is on the hot screen. Click, 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 click. Yeah. Yeah. And it's mostly, is he still alive? Is he still alive? Is he still alive? Is he still alive? Oh, decent buck, decent, still alive. Yeah. That's, that's where it is. Yeah. You're not really soaking up any knowledge. You're just trying to get, and then you're going to go back anyways. It, isn't, but, it, uh, isn't it crazy? Like what, what we're saying here now, uh, like the process of us checking a, a truck camera card, like on the laptop at home, um, like six years ago, we'd have just checked it all at once, but now life's totally different. And they'll be like, all right, yeah. you gotta, you gotta almost strategically plan where you're going to check that card, you know, like yeah, I'm going to check this hot gonna, one first and everything else can just kind of wait, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I got to I'm going to be planning on hunting this area. The wind's right for this. I got to check this card, see what's popping. And if it's good, okay. The rest is just kind of wait till tonight or something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but going going back to the time, uh, what we realized last year, thirty cams is an ass load of time, guys. 
Uh, and it, like I said before, if you run five cams and you go to 10 cams, you're going to double your time running cams. And when you have kids and a wife, literally every minute is like structured time that has a gap that needs filled somewhere. So you have to plan out what you're going to do. And um, when you have more cams, the first thing is, oh, I can cover so much more ground. I can cover this public over here. I can cover this public an hour and a half over here. I can cover this public two hours over here. And that's what we did. And we got our asses handed to us. We were able to pull cards, but the third card pull, we're like, this is, this is ridiculous. I mean, the knowledge you get is, is incredible. We'll, we'll go over that, but the, the amount of work that it takes, like there's times where homie did not hunt, just pulled cards, just drove to public land and said, Hey, you know, we're going to be in here during the rut. We need to see what we got going on. It's getting close. I'm going to take this time to go pull all these cards and make moves and not hunt. So running these cams, if you want to get that intel, it's going to cost you time. So that's something to think about. If you're on the fence of, man, I really want to set my camera game up. Um, just think about, you know, if you're limited on time right now, maybe that that is not your best investment. Maybe, you know, that time that you could, cause nothing beats time in the stand. We know that. No. Yeah. So having more cams or being able to hunt three more days, being able to hunt three more days, hands down is going to make you a better killer consistently for the rest of your life than having three more cams or five more cams in my, in my, my eyes, you know? So that, that comes to say the value of an all year cam. If you could have a cam that just sets out there in an area or on a scrape for all year or for two months or for three months, and you're not, you don't need the data off that camera. That's a hundred percent. If you want to buy five more cams for all year sets, I think that would be a brilliant idea because that is just as good as in my eye as three hunts, you know, because you have that full year data of what happened in that area. And people preach that a lot, but I have cameras that I'm going to hang this year, full year data. I'm not going to go back to that camera. Might go back once, check the batteries, but that's it. And uh, I'm just going to try it out. There's we've, we've done that a couple of times, mm-hmm. but not with like 10 of them. You know, I just feel like we're going to have so many mobiles going that we're not going to need to go back and like go back to the pinch on the water or something. You, we won't we won't need to go back there and pull that camp because we kind of know what's going on. So we're like running if you ran one all year like on that scrape on the other public to the south. You put an elevated one there, ran it all year. We have no idea. We just know there's like 15, 20 ground scrapes in that area. What's doing this? Is the bucks here consistently? You know, what's going on? We don't have time to hunt that, but that might be a place that we want to hunt a year from now or two years from now. And then you have that data. Yeah, so, that's one thing I was going to say is we like to do that when we're trying to learn an area or – say we haven't been able to scout an area as much as we wanted to because X, Y, or Z, um, we will throw up a cam and what we feel like is the best spot to get the most information and we'll just let it sit and see see what happens. And just like Cody said, it's, you're not necessarily hunting for that year, but next year you're going to go in there and be like, okay, now I definitely need to get in there. Or you can be like, okay, maybe it's not as good as I thought it was or it was maybe it was an off year in that area you know you never know but just have a plan in your brain what you're doing with that camera if you do to plan to leave it all year because yeah i feel like it once we're committed to it and then we then we stay with it you know mm-hmm. i'm not just looking for deer i'm looking i'm looking like okay how many pictures of hunters am i getting you know, how many pictures of does are in the area? Like, you don't have to get bucks, just bucks or pictures of shooters. Like, how how many different two-year-olds did I get that next year are going to be three-year-olds? Or how, you know, you can plan that out. That's their core area. They're more than likely going to stay around there unless there's some random three-year-old that leaves and never comes back. But 
we have some cams on public that just get pounded by human pictures. Just, I had one that I had people. <laughs> it's hilarious. American yes. flag with beer in his hand and a kayak dragging a kayak. I'm like, this guy is serious. <laughs> like, and you know, like, okay, I'm not going to go back there. Cause I got eight pictures of deer and 30 pictures of people and a cow. So <laughs> yeah. And, and cows and stuff. But if you would have just went back there and hunted and had no cam there all year, you would have wasted a hunt because you would have eight people walk past you and you, there'd been no deer there. So looks like a good spot. There's a heavy trail, but that heavy trail is from people foot traffic, you know, and not, and not deer traffic or wildlife. It's just something that I learned with running that one cam. And one thing I like about that is I kind of run those, that area, I kind of run my crappiest cams in. Cause I'm like, okay, if this thing shits the bed. I'm not out killing the buck right now. Mm-hmm. Like I need my good stuff in the good, good where I I'm using it. I'm bopping around. So I'll throw a Tasco up or some shit cam that I got and run, let it run. And I'm like, okay, I'm not out a lot. If it gets stolen, you know, we'll just roll with it. But all right. What's your next thing on the list? Uh, next thing I got is <laughs> batteries. Uh, it seems to be a hot topic right now. We were just talking before we started this about <laughs> getting our order in and, um, on social, it's starting to come up even a little bit more. So, um, number one thing with batteries is just keep buying a little bit over time. We've said this, you know, five or six episodes ago, throw that 12 pack in there, slip it in on the wife. If you can, if you're at the store, um, what I prefer to do is run the lithiums in the cell cams. And remember with those lithiums, they are constant voltage, not constant current. So it's going to show you 100% battery life, and then it's immediately just going to drop to zero just like that because it's going to give you that 1.5 voltage the whole lifespan of that battery. It's not just slow. Sometimes they get to 90. Sometimes they get to 90, you're like, yeah. ah, and then boom. Yeah. When they get to 90, you know it's close. Yeah, you're like, all when right, I got goes, two days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, I mean, it, it'll just go just like that so um just remember that and obviously you're gonna have it there on your mobile app whichever um you're using and then um after last year man i'm gonna go back to them um energizer industrials and the regular cams if i'm looking for um pictures you know just pictures three shot burst set up on a nice trail or field edge or wherever um absolutely cannot complain about them awesome battery life uh, probably would have went from the second week of July through Thanksgiving. I mean, solid. Um, I want to say about halfway through October, we did um, a pretty good battery swap just so we knew we'd get through the rest of season and a little bit afterwards. Um, would not <clears throat> recommend running the industrials on video mode. Uh, we did have them in a couple Exodus uh, Lift 2s, and we got about 660 videos Um off of I wanted 600 to 660 because there was three of them and they were both they were all in that range um 10 second videos and um I don't know if that's a lot or a little bit of videos but I mean that's about a month's but worth of picks yeah it's about yeah. a month's worth so I mean if if you want to buy batteries every month then then go ahead they I mean they are fairly reasonable on the pricing I think it was about 50 50 cents a battery for the industrials and, um, but not when you're getting, you know, 13, 1400, at least off of set of, you know, for pictures. So, um, that's just kind of my little thing on batteries. And I, do you have anything to add there? Yeah. I, I looked at my cards and, um, the ones that I had the lithiums in, I marked and it looks, it looks like I was getting like nine to 10,000 with, the the industrials. And before they started to fail, where they started to get lower, and the other ones I were I was getting like five to seven. Um, one thing I noticed, and I don't know, I got I was like pretty strategic on what was going on. The more nighttime I had pictures, the the less the batteries performed. So I don't know if that infrared or the extra light at night draws more power. Yeah, I would think so. But uh, but I noticed that the batteries that had or the pictures that had mostly night 
mm-hmm. had less Drain. less pictures and less batteries. And the same thing for the videos. I don't know what it is. I don't know if that light that light probably draws more power. I would yeah, say. Yeah. So yeah. it's definitely not an exact science, but I would say if you're running the the Energizer Industrials, you can guarantee nine thousand picks on a normal normal set of batteries. So with us, that is plenty because we we don't we we're not running any feed, any mineral sites, nothing like that's not legal in our state. So we're getting like a heavy card pool. If we didn't get a bush moving seven thousand times, it's like three hundred picks. You know, if you got three hundred picks, four hundred picks, you're like shit. And you know, it's shout out to the guys that are running feed and stuff. I don't know how you guys get to your cards. No idea. No idea how you guys get to your cards I had because a... it takes me forever, especially on video mode. And you guys got video mode on a on a feeder. I'm like, I, I, I don't know how you do it. I have no idea. <laughs> so I had a we had that cam in the back there by the kill tree or the yeah, the kill tree, I guess. And um, it got to blowing and shit. It had like 3,800 picks on one pole. Dude, it was like an hour. I mean, it was forever. And I mean, I'm actually, I'm like smoking through them. Did boom, 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 about as fast as I could because mm-hmm. there was, was nothing. And it, that was, that was like just so depressing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. Like, and you're like, and you're like, people do that every, every pool. Like, okay, I, they're like, coon, 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 possum, coon, coon, coon. <laughs> like, I, I would. It would drive me nuts. Okay, yeah, that deer turned his head to get a little bit more feed in his mouth, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, three just, shot burst on a feeder just out there yeah, smoking. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, I'm only getting three days of my battery life. I got no idea what's going on. <laughs> oh. All right, well, one thing I want to cover, we talk about a lot on here, and it's mobile cams. Guys, I don't, I cannot emphasize, if you are a dad, if you work a lot, if you just don't have a lot of time to put into hunting as much as you would want, mobile cams are your answer for trail camps. Hands down, they cannot be beat. When you have the mobile cam there, you put that cam where you want to hunt in the longest spot it takes you to do a card pool. That's what we do a lot of times. You know, we want to hunt there. It just so happens that most of the time that's one of our deepest cams is the spot that we're hunting, you know, because we're trying to play the edge and find other places to hunt. But you don't only you don't only get the automatic intel that's direct right to your phone when you wake up. You'd never have to go check that thing. So if you just added the cost of, say, a mobile cam, okay, what's what's a render cost on Amazon? Uh, three thirty-five. 335 okay 335 bucks okay you got that thing guaranteed for five years yeah okay say say you hunt a piece of public that's an hour away like us 45 minutes away okay that's an hour to get there hour to get back that's two hours of driving okay so just say 90 miles right Mm -hmm. so if you take the gas money for five years that you saved to not go pull that cam it's probably going to be $2,000 instead of $200. The upfront cost seems astronomical, but if you, and you don't have to run 10 mobiles. If you can get one mobile and put it in that one spot that just saves you that hour drive or that 30 minute drive or that 45 minute walk, because that's just driving. That's not the time to get out of your truck, walk to wherever the cam is, pull it. You're not talking about not getting the intel. You're not talking about, you know, putting your scent out there, walking in the air. You're just talking about the time that it saves you. So with, with some of the mobile cams out there, as cheap as they are, I hands down believe that that is the best option for a dad that still wants to hunt hardcore. I'm going to buy, if our, if our sweet deal don't come through, I'm going to buy four or five more just because I would rather have those out there than than regular cams any day of the week. Because imagine imagine if we didn't even have to go to the one public. Imagine we run ten cams on there. You don't even go there. No, oh, yeah. You go to the private. You just drive through and pull the stuff. <laughs> Literally. You know, imagine not walking all the way back there, not biking in, 
just the amount of time that it would save you. It would be, it would be days. It wouldn't be hours. It would be days in your, in your, the time that you're running cameras throughout the year, you know? So is that four or $500, $600 worth days of your time? I think it is, you know? And, and then people talk about the data. We run the $10 plan most of the time. And that gets us every month, you yeah, know? And, yeah. and that's the good thing about the Exodus is that you can combine data. So that's one of the best things that I think they got. And then the share feature that they got is freaking sweet. So if me and you, we don't have to send pictures back and forth to each other, <laughs> we can both look, which is super nice. But uh, I just, I wanted to emphasize that in this episode that, They've been out a long time. They work good now. The service is solid. With Exodus, you're getting a five-year warranty. The cost is there up front, but the value long-term, hands down, cannot be beat. Especially if you get a solar panel on one oh, and get it yeah. elevated or something. It's five years. Just leave it there. Go back you there know, every I mean, March. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, go back there and pull it once a year and just... Or don't even pull it. If you want to leave it hang all year, just leave it hang all year. You got five-year warranty if it craps on you. You know, you just leave it there. Go pick it up when it cra- if it craps on you. That's it. You know? Yeah. So, so I just want to emphasize that. If you guys are on the fence about getting a mobile cam, buy one. Buy a cheap one. See what you think. And then, you know, you can invest your money later into something more expensive. But if our sweet deal don't come through, I'm buying four or five just because – me not going to the urban public at all and mm-hmm. running camps, huge time saver. Yeah. I just know. I just know exactly well, what's going on. Yeah, especially when the way that you got it, the system there. Yeah. Terrible. Trash. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, good on, right, the, go on the cell yeah. cams? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my next thing here, it sounds kind of silly, but when you get a lot of cams and you get different properties and shit and you're running around mapping, you got to get down on somewhere, whichever app you want to use. I prefer HuntStand. Cody, you're running HuntStand still. Um, mm-hmm. That's where all of our um, places are. And all of our stand locations, all of everybody else's stand locations, um, different stuff like that. And we put down there, all right, we got a camera here. And then another thing I have is keep updating that, something that is rather tough to do when you're out there. Because now you're out there, you got to make sure you get a different card in the camera, check the battery life, make sure it's still shooting good. And then you might forget if you want to move that camera, I'd be like, you know, then you got to get on your phone and something that I didn't do a very good job of last year. And um, I got the initial camera placement down, but then when we moved, trying to get on Magnum, um, just it didn't, it didn't translate throughout the year. And that's something I'm going to do better on this year and properly label that marker as you know like like i said in the beginning if it's camera number four all right and i got exodus four out here um say you know it's on the corner of the corner of the um clover field or whatever and then um just keep up on them notes as well too and that's just going to help you because i'm telling you guys i don't know well the last two years well last year not really but the year before um we forgot a camera totally forgot it like just then it was like, oh, Cody's like, yeah, hey, yeah, I think I'm missing a camera. I just happened to look over on the shelf. Boom. And he's like, okay, yeah. I went out and pulled it. Wouldn't even believe what was on there. And then yeah. um, I, there's a couple times we'll just be out walking the timber and we'll just be like, man, I just feel like there's a, a cam in here somewhere, you know? And um, just with when you get so many and so many different places and you're, you're talking about ma- making moves and stuff and deer and you kind of forget or, you know, one can definitely slip through the cracks super easy. And if you, if you just have it down and mapped and not only on your phone, but your buddy needs to get it on his phone too. So, um, I know Cody had a lot of extra stuff on his phone that I didn't have. And, um, he would be talking and I would kind of get lost and I'd, I'd, I'd reel it in. But, you know, just if, if I had everything marked, um, 
as good as I should have, then it wouldn't have been that big of a, of a deal. But, um, mapping sounds kind of silly, but when you get 20 plus cams out there, one's going to slip through the cracks and you're going to forget about it. Yeah, it's good. I, I, lot of, I like touch on a lot of things you're talking about. You, you get on like three or four properties, shit gets blurry as hell. And then sometimes yeah, that's... you would move cams by yourself because you had two hours and then you'd be like, okay, I moved it here. And then I would hang stuff. I, I, I'm going to move this over here. Um, and we kind of like, there are cams where we kind of have like the cams that we got. And we kind of run those. Mm-hmm. And most of the time we hang them, we run them, you know, cause you know, exactly the tree and what you got going. But, uh, I feel like that's what happened is I would move one. You never been in the area. And I'm like, all right, it's on a crooked hedge tree <laughs> facing North. There's another bush 300 yards past it. Like when I was trying to tell Nick about my, my cameras on the public land, it was like a, a two, uh, two, you know, oh, 200 yeah. foot. Okay. I'm right here. What well, I'm like, well, what's it look like? And he's describing, I'm like, okay, go another 50 foot. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to walk, to, you know, walk. He's got a flip phone. There ain't no sending him a pin. You know what I mean? No. But if you do have a hunting buddy and you do share that stuff, you know, having him, you could be like, Hey man, I forgot to pull six. You were out there. Just grab it on the way back. He has no idea what number six is at. Mm-hmm. So, but if he has number six on his map, he's like, okay, yeah, I'll just swing out and get him. But, that's another thing about losing them. Marking your cards will always show you if you got all your cans. If you don't have your cards, more than likely, it's out there in the woods. So that's that's my first thing. Go through my cards. I'm like, okay, I got them all. Or maybe I lost one. I always lose a couple SD cards. No yeah, idea. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Every year, a couple of them are just gone. <laughs> It'll be November. I'm like, where the hell did this card come from? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that like my jacket pocket just eats stuff. Yeah. So if you put anything in your jacket pocket, it's gone. Yeah. Your camo, this, this chest pocket right here. Right. If it isn't this big, it's it's <laughs> disappeared. <laughs> but uh, that's how I that's how I remember that one. I was like, I have no no card for this oh, okay. camera, and I'm yeah. I'm looking, I'm digging through the cameras. I'm like, oh, I don't have that camera. <laughs> so, but when you have a stack of twenty plus over there, yeah. And then my thing is, I got some cameras with the modem for the mobile uh, so i got four of those piled up over there and ass loads terrible. of straps so many straps <laughs> yeah cords that connect the modem to the camera and extra cords and you gotta have batteries for that batteries for the camera like it just a lot going on <laughs> and i i'm not the most organized person as it is you're yeah. way more organized than me I i'm kind of trashed at it I'm yeah. just I'm just kind of trash at it, but I kind of like to live a little on the edge, way of, out like, there on the edge, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like edge to of live disaster. Like, it's it's just solid. It's just gonna get me by. You know, I just kind of a tight ass when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that's how that's where I like to live on that fringe of yeah. This is this will get me by. You know, it hasn't burnt me yet. No, it's going to no. one year though. So, um, but what you opened with, as far as like getting on different properties, as far as back to the mapping goes, um, one thing that I had is I have six different properties on my hunt stand listed through as to where you had one. And then when the one gets erased, she all gone. Yeah. Everything's yeah. gone. Do not try to change <laughs> the name of your hunt stand map and delete the whole damn thing. Not right. I was delete the name. No, and I have mushroom trees mapped. I had catfish holes mapped. I had, <laughs> oh man, I had apple trees mapped. Everything, all the everything's gone. So, so if uh, if you just have it broke down by property, as far as if you're using hunt stand, um, yeah, make sure you create different properties to get different stuff wherever it needs to be. Because I mean, if it's not shit to just back out and go to the next one if if you're jumping around. Yeah. All right, next thing I want to talk about is if you are running a bunch of cams and you are running them on public land, you can make a funny joke about losing your cams on social media, but don't get pissed. You cannot be that guy. You are literally putting assload the cameras out there for guys to scoop. 
And people say, well, I elevate my cams. I do this. I lock them. We have tried literally everything that you can possibly think of. Every year, you're going to lose cams, plain and simple. Nothing you can do about it. And most of the time, it's in one property or one area. And I just, I just leave that area. Because when you run that many cams, you got so many deer to hunt anyways, which is another topic I want to talk about. Unless it's in your prime spot you want to be in that you're having the problems, you stick it out. But like the pheasant ground I was on this year, lost two. I was like, ain't even worth my time, man. If it's, this is kind of a pain in the ass to hunt anyways. My other card pulls were just does, you know, and if I'm going to be losing cams and there's obviously another hunter out here that doesn't want another hunter here, if he's going to just go through and swipe all your shit, um, did get a picture of the guy though, missed one. They always miss one. Yeah. But, uh, so the dude's got cameras in his hand. I can't tell if they're mine or not, but I'm like, probably, probably the dude <laughs> guy's got a carrying around a full spotting scope out there. I'm like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> this ain't Nebraska, bro. It looks like it, but it ain't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of looks like Nebraska out there, but it ain't Nebraska. But yeah, you're going to lose some camp. So that's something that you just have to be cool with. At this point, I'm cool with it. But not to beat a dead horse, like they say. You know what you don't lose? You don't lose mobile cams because no one's got the nuts to walk. No one wants to even walk in front of a mobile cam. Mm. And no one has the nuts to be like, oh, that's mobile cam. Go up there <laughs> and take it. No one, no one, no, everybody knows that. Oh, man, I'm going to have to get a data plan on this. It's going to instantly take a picture of me. So if you got a mobile cam, you can pretty much guarantee that thing. It might get tampered with. We've had that. You might lose an SD card. You might get the batteries flipped out on you, but you're not going to lose the cam because people don't have the balls to do it. Now, if you got this wild game hooked up kind of way back in somewhere with and you got strap. it tied on with the junky ass rope like I got that <laughs> someone could just untie she gone, <laughs> you know, she gone. So uh, that's another great thing about mobile cams is you get that picture instantly. So if someone does steal it, you're like, okay, I got a picture of you, dude. So, and then right when they turn it on, when you get, when they get home, you're going to be getting pictures. <laughs> so I, I I don't know what, what they, they really can't steal it because they can't, you have the activation on the SIM card on your program, so they can't activate it. It's just you're down so, a cam, they're not up a cam. Yeah, yeah. So, which we've had that happen to us too, where people still stuff with passcodes that they cannot get into. Mm-hmm. And they probably get home and realize that they're a dumbass. They're like, well, I got, I got a paperweight now. So, unless it's just a spite steal, I think we get that sometimes. It's just a pure. I, there's only one group of guys out here that run this type of camera. <laughs> I know they got a passcode on them, but I'm going to go ahead and take it because I had to give them one less data in this area or right. one, you know, one less cam to put out. So, but yeah, don't get upset. Keep, keep sending it. Keep going. And so, what else you got? I think we learned last year, don't be a douche written on the camera. doesn't really help with the tampering. <laughs> don't be a douche right on the camera stolen <laughs> like, not very effective i'm like at preventing theft <laughs> not a very effective uh do not steal me on the other camera oh yeah yeah gone 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 <laughs> permanent marker they're gonna open that every time ah man i'm a douchebag <laughs> i love it every new camera i gotta get it i i just need to get a, like a little sticker in there yeah so we need to every get about, time I open it, I feel like a douchebag too. So he should. <laughs> need to get about eight different sayings on some stickers and yeah. lay them in there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, next thing I got is is video mode worth running? Um, I think so. Um, as you hear everybody say, there's a lot more information to be got from um, a trail cam video, and the length of video that we have run, and I think the only length of video we've run is 10 seconds. Uh, Matt and Jesse, I know they've got a couple Moultries and they're running 30 seconds, or I've heard Matt say that they're running 30 seconds and maybe 
they have one that I think they run like a minute, a minute video. And because um, I've always thought like when I when I watch their show, I'm like, how in the hell do they have such like there's no delay where it has, you know, to reset. It's just a one long video. I'm like, damn, how, like how did that did the deer just not do anything or, you know, what? And uh, then I heard him. I don't know how I heard him, but he, we were just talking, and he said they run it for a thirty-second clip. And um, I, I, I thought about doing that since I heard that, but it's gonna smoke your batteries. Like if you, if you're out there and you're worried about batteries, like having a trail cam video is cool, and you get to actually watch that deer and uh, see what he's doing. Like Westside last year. He come in, triggered the camera at like 3.01, and at 3.33, he is still standing there, and I've got trail cam videos pretty continuous besides a delay. And if you'd have just got a picture, you'd have been like, okay, he's looking over here. You don't get to see him eat that bush for a half hour. He just constantly is eating the bush and then looking north. Like, he, you think it, the, the guy's frozen there if it was just picture mode, but... You'd have been like, okay, is there a coyote over there? Is there a bobcat over there? Is there another deer down there? Like, you don't really know, but at least in the trail cam video, you can hear that there's nothing down there. He's just sitting there eating that yeah, bush. Yeah, he's just eating a bush right in front of the camera. Literally. People were like, oh, these cams scare deer. Guy is two foot from trail cam video. Two foot yeah, from just, the trail cam. Yeah, <laughs> just munching on the tiny tree. bush. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> Three leaves, leaves on, on this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you're able to keep up with the batteries and the card swabs and the time checking the cards, definitely get a camera that runs video mode and run it. I, it, I will say, first time running video mode. Um, when I did start running video mode, it is kind of sketchy because it's something new and different, but um. After you get a couple of cool videos, you're like, all right, man, I want more trail cams in video mode. And um, mm -hmm. you just can't check them like in the field. Like say you're after a hunt and you want to throw it in your card reader on your phone. You cannot do that. You're going to need time, especially if you're watching a 30-second yeah. clip like Matt and Jesse are, let alone a test. Sometimes, sometimes they trip early. Mm -hmm. And you see something at eight seconds. Yes, I was saying that that's that's the next thing is like you're gonna see it the last two seconds, and just yeah. like just like in pictures, like you be like you got him on the edge, and then you got the delay, and now he's over here on this edge. But that that's another thing nice about Abito is if it is tripped early, you can get him center frame, you know, cruising through or whatever he's doing, and get a better look at that deer than having to go through the process of delay. And we actually had that, uh, we double cammed a tree last year, one on video mode, and w we put a mobile right above it. And you can see the mobile flash in the trail cam video, and then the mobile cam's in delay while this buck's chasing down this hill comes right by the, the, the camera in video mode, and the mobile missed it. Because I told you, I was like, well, I ain't had shit over here forever. And mm -hmm. then when I pulled the video card, boom, there was a buck there, but it got tripped early and you couldn't see him because he's still in the timber across the grass. Yeah. So, um, it was cool to see them here literally have give no shits about flash, like none. literally a bedded buck out there. <laughs> yes. And coons like walking by him. He's just like watching the coons chilling. Yep. Flash, flash. Coons. Hit, coons hitting a scrape because coons love <laughs> love deer, deer piss, piss. I guess I don't know what they got going. Yeah, but coons hitting a scrape. This buck's bedded five yards away, just chilling, watching him, just getting flashed, flashed as shit for like, five minutes, no care at all. Like a mid one fifties out there, just bedded, chilling. Yeah, kicker off the G two, yeah. just looking nice. Yeah, and uh, then we had that mega eight come through with the one eyeball. Didn't give two shits about it from way out way yeah from way away way away yeah um and then one thing also back to uh video mode is if you do check your cards in a card reader you might not be able to view it on your phone due to it being an avi file uh you're going to need to get that on a laptop and um actually on a computer um i some sometimes you can get it to work on there sometimes you can't but most of the time you're going to need it to be on a computer to to get into that just depending on how your um trail camera writes the file so sometimes yeah. it's mp4 sometimes avi and um 
every gotta card buy, reader. I had to download a different a different player to to play yeah, gotta, some of them. You had to download like two apps to be able to look at your stuff. So um, mm -hmm. every card reader is different. Every trail camera is different, and they all write in different files. And um, so that's one thing about video mode. Yes, it's worth it. It's going to be more money, more time, but you get more information, and it's pretty cool when you get a badass video. Yeah. All right. Last thing for me is kind of a double, double hitter is, um, be prepared to get pictures of a lot of deer that you will never see, especially early season. You'll get all jacked up. This happened to us two years in a row. We're running an ass load of cans and guys we're we're getting pictures of absolute amazing deer, like world-class deer. And then they just disappear. Get like three, maybe three sets of pictures of them. Then never see them again. We had, hmm. we had pictures of the biggest typical I've ever seen, ever got pictures of guaranteed. Mm -hmm. um, we have, we have thousands, thousands of pictures and videos of one buck West side, never seen him. Thousands of pictures of that deer. Never seen him. Uh, Hang him the, old camp, first deer on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, you just have to be cool with just getting pictures of deer that you know, or maybe potentially in the area. And that's, that's it. Because adding on to that, people will say, well, would you got a picture of the deer? Why can't you hunt them? Because you cannot hunt all the deer that you get. You have to choose what you're going to do. You either have to go with, okay, this is the biggest deer. This typical is the biggest, most nastiest deer we got. I'm going in this area where there's literally very few deer at all. My odds are very, very small that I even see this deer, let alone see a deer over there. It's incredibly hard to get to, or I go to where my odds are better at killing a different deer. So that's something that you have to choose to decide because you're going to have so much intel and you're going to realize that there's a lot more bucks out there than you think. And you're going to be like, what, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And it's overwhelming for us a lot of times trying to make a plan, try to collect all the data, look at the options, look at the weather and make a plan on what you got to do. But you cannot hunt every deer that you get on cam. It's physically impossible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, last year, I think we, where we have like 16, 17 shooters on cam, like early, early in the year, mm -hmm. we were like, Oh, this is going to be the best year we've ever had in our whole entire lives. But we're running three different, four different properties, you know, 30 cams. Yeah. There's shooters out there, but you just got to put yourself in the best odds. You can't hunt four different properties at the same time. No. You got to make decisions. And that's where we fall flat on our face is we need to be more decisive with what we got going. We need to look at the data. Everybody says, go with your gut. And that's what we normally do. We need to look at the data and break it down and say, we're going with the data this year. And we're not going with our gut. Not We're not going with, man, I feel like he would be do this. That's normally what we're, <laughs> I feel like he would be over there. And that's me talking, you know, I, and it comes back to where I've seen stuff in the past, but you got to pick the data or you got to pick your gut. And we seem like we always pick the gut and we're always right on the edge yeah. of what we need to be. So maybe we just need to weigh, weigh the data some more and not think about so many options. Maybe give us two options and that's what we talk about doing. This is our best options. We got this buck. We got this buck. What do you think? You know, when, when season comes around, just like most people that listen to this podcast, me and you start talking 10 times more than we do normally yeah. just because your game planning, your messaging, you're sending pictures, mobiles is going. And, uh, well, you, we need, we need to like pick a couple plants and then 50, 50 them instead of having nine potential plans that you could do and trying to decipher all of them. It's, it's tough. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we like to bounce ideas back and forth, be like, all right, I'm hunting. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? And then 
you hear my two ideas and then you've got two ideas yourself, you know? So now we've got four yeah. ideas in the pot and we haven't even got outside the box of, mm-hmm. you know, so that's how you end up with nine plans, literally nine plans. Somebody heard that and was like, Oh bullshit. Like, no, we're at four and we haven't even, you know, yeah. got anywhere crazy. But, I mean, there was, there was one day during our rotation that plans changed five times within two hours, like legitimately, getting out of the stand. Okay. We're going to go in here and scout this area. Probably hang no sign in there. Not a lot going on backed out. Okay. We're going to go pull these other two cams. We're going to take our stands with us. Cause it's probably going to be on fire in there. Anyways, pull the cams, nothing on the cams, no sign, nothing going on. Roll out of there. Okay. We're going to go in on the ground. We're going to go do this. Wow. Scratch that. Okay. We're going to take this time, go hang stands over here get prepared for two days down the road when we get this cold front coming in. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to go hunt here. You know, that was all one night. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, the shit piles up and you hit, it's because you have so much data to look at. If you had three cans, you only know what's going on in three areas. Well, this is my best chance of one area over here. You don't have, five or six or seven potential spots that good hot the, the spots. deer could be. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's what the problem is. And that's something that if you run a bunch of cans, you're going to have issues with is you're going to have so much data that could be overwhelming on where you go hunt. Cause and- before, like when I had my private piece, if it's November 3rd or 4th, 5th, 6th, yeah, right you know where exactly going. where I'm going to be. One or two stands. Yeah. You know, and now you mobile hunt or you, you, we got stands hung. There's literally, you can go anywhere, you know, and you're yeah. hunting five, six times the amount of ground. Yeah. It just, it's tough. Um, one thing that we had last year, just like you said, you know, you got 16 shooters. You're, you can't hunt four different places at once. Um, one thing that we had last year is, and you're trying to decide what deer to hunt as is where I'm going with this. You, we're, we're trying to learn a property and we don't know what deer are going to stay around. You know, like we had probably that one seventies with the flyer off the two, like he's there, you know, you, you think he's going to be around, but you don't know. He, he could be there just like every other deer in July and August. And then, you know, the velvet starts coming off and, and he flies out. So, um, you just keep running the cams and keep doing that all the way through September. And then you're like, okay, he hasn't been here in a month and a half, but then you get somebody like Brun Brunswick and deer was there in July, not again till October, you know, and then he shows back up. Mm-hmm. So the possibility is always there. Cause he was there that one time and you don't know where the deer is at, but um, just do your best to try to keep up on it. And that's what we're doing right now is trying to delay ourselves a month, month and a half and put it on the back end of when we feel like it's going to be more important than, than chasing, you know, a couple velvet booners now when we can hopefully kill a booner and when it counts, you know, so just, it's, it's hard. It's having a new piece makes it tougher. I think when it comes down to making a plan. Yeah. Because you don't know all the variables. Yeah. So last thing I want to end this with for me is, uh, time, you know, time to hang them. What, what you kind of hit on, uh, this year we're doing it a little different than we ever have. Um, we got burnt out on running cams last year. Or at least I did. I know you did. We were scouting new pieces and we were gung ho as hell and out there ripping and work's kind of got us down this year. Kids playing sports, busier. We're just going to take take our time. And I, Nick asked me when I wanted to have them all out by. And I said, uh, second week of August, I'd be pretty satisfied. Yeah. If I could have everything kind of set up second week of August. And most of the time, all of our shit's out like right now. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, it's, it's at least bagged up, ready to go. And then like fourth of july weekend or the weekend after that it's it's at least all out yeah yeah so we already got a few out you know normally we got a few out and we're working on this another thing that kind of sucks about right now like yes you know 
bucks are growing and it's cool to watch them grow. But if you get one that looks like he's got potential and you're, you know, you're just like, if we would have got a deer, just like Magnum last year, you know, we thought he was this deer and boom, boom, boom. And like, you just don't know exactly what deer it is yet. Almost unless, you know, you got some wicked characteristic going on, but just your plain Jane eight, 10 pointer, like I just hate not knowing a hundred percent what deer it is for sure if it's going to be something worth chasing or you know it's going to be and then potentially waste time doing that yeah so this is the reasons why we're not running them as early as we want to one's time two is batteries three is i want the very first pool that we have to be right before season we've been in there one time and we know exactly what's going on instead of being in there two, three times. People say, I'm going to hang them in June. You're going to check that thing every month and a half, two months. That's far. A lot of people check yeah. them every two weeks, week. So if I hang them in second week of August, I guarantee you the week before October, I won't have everything pulled. And there'd be stuff that I've never been back into. I'm making one final loop. Deer don't know what's going on. We ain't been driving around the private pulling stuff. You just go in there one swoop. You got all your intel. You sit down, you break it down, and you figure out what you got going on first thing in season. Instead of you got three months behind this intel you got right now that's weighing on you to make a different move. Mm-hmm. Well, we had this buck. Two weeks ago, he could still be there. You're just missing the cam. You're not going to have all that stuff to think about. You're going to have, this is what the data that I got right now. You know, you're not going to have those pools. You're going to know what's right now. Because you get, what happens is, you hang your cam where you want it to be. And then you get pictures of a velvet buck. Oh, I'm going to move it 150 yards in. Or I'm going to try to chase this deer back in deeper. Try to get him, you know, closer, closer to daylight, closer to daylight. And then that deer is gone and you move that cam where you wanted it to be from the stuff you had in the past. Cause you got some random buck that showed up and now you're chasing them with one of your pieces of Intel. So I think that will eliminate that. If we just do one big pool right before season, less exposure, less scent deer. Don't, you know, we ain't out there messing the deer up at all. One swoop. We out, we got the Intel. We can come back here, make a plan. And feel good about it and not have all that other stuff weighing on us from right. July. the deer that we got <laughs> in July, you know. And that's what happened last year. You get you get a deer that's going to be 190, 200 typical that it is insane to even say, you know, mm. that you you just lose yourself in that in that deer, in that area. You're just, your mind's thinking, how can, where could it be? What could it be doing? I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I feel like if you were holding a deer second week of August, good chance he's he's going to stay. Because it seems like we, you know, if they don't leave when they shed velvet, they leave like that end of July, 1st of August, we lose them. So that's my game plan. And if it don't work, we'll be able to come on here and tell you that we're, you know, <laughs> it didn't work. We're going to sell. But hopefully it doesn't weigh on us as much. And it gives us a little bit less anxiety about trying to chase this one deer. Cause we kind of, we are kind of know what our targets are already. We kind of know who we want to kill. Mm-hmm. And last year we're, we're, we're kind of playing the field still. Now we know, we know what we want to go after. So I think that'd help out too. target smaller areas. Um, not try to target pretty much three properties, I think. And that's it. And the three properties, probably maybe an eighth of each size of the property is the only spots we're covering, you know? I mean, really, instead of trying to cover the whole thing, I'll say I hope. you're trying to figure it out. <laughs> so that's the game plan as of right now, but definitely could change. But you got anything else before we wrap it up? Yeah, I had just one little uh, miscellaneous column here. Um, cameras with a viewfinder is worth it. 
If you don't have a viewfinder, put your phone in selfie mode in front of the lens and kind of set it up that way, especially if you're hanging your camera high. Um, note on hanging a camera high, everybody's hanging them high and everybody's out there carrying sticks. So unless you're doing it to get out of the way of the deer, it's still potentially going to get taken. Um, cams with passcode security, just like you mentioned earlier, totally worth it. And, um, micro SD cards, do you want to, you want to take a spin on this real super quick or you just want to <laughs> throw it in the trash? Like you want to throw micro SDs in the yeah, trash? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do not like micro SDs. The only thing micro SD cards are good for is GoPros and drones. Other than that, do not use them in your damn cameras. <laughs> I need no, to buy, not do it. I need to buy four regular cards before Cody kills I've me. I've been burned so many times by micro SD cards, and I don't know if it's the adapter, it, well, what it, it is. It's just another set of contacts to get wore out or get a piece of dirt yeah. in there or who knows what. But if Now, if a, your camera, some cameras have micro SD card inserts. Yeah, yeah. That might be all right, but do not right. do the one with the regular <laughs> SD card and the damn I got very few pet peeves when it comes to hunting. One is micro SD cards. That is high. <laughs> I agree. Way up there. Uh, yeah. I had a micro SD card in the cam. Cam was messed up. The card was fine. Oh, is that bullshit SD card? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, bro, the card is fine. The card is fine. Like you're, no, it's you've the card. You've been messing with me. It's the card. Get this for shit out of here. <laughs> absolute garbage i'll buy you a 13 dollar card Jimmy <laughs> christ i don't even want to see one. Oh man put I was, it in the drone i was laughing when i when i wrote that down i was laughing i was like cody's i had to ask cody's opinion on this because <laughs> it's yeah. gonna be sweet um and then one yeah, thing I wrote, oh go ahead good go ahead. oh i was gonna say then the, just the last thing i wrote down there was during the show um just communicate with your partner just like we you had mentioned um if you you move a cam maybe screenshot where the new pin is i'll try to get on and update mine as best as possible and yeah uh, that's something we need to get better at if i move a can i need to pin it and let you know the same thing with you because it's just so like when you went out on the mobile ground or on the one public i i've been there a lot so i kind of knew you send me a picture of the cam. I'm like, okay, I kind of know what the timber looks like. I kind of get an idea of where you're at. Yeah. But for you who hasn't been out there very much, I'm telling you, I got it in the bottom past the ag field and cross the Creek. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know where that's at. So I'm like, whether the tree laying down, <laughs> you can try to walk, you know, tell a guy and it helps to know where it's at. If I send you a picture, you kind of get an idea uh, you can look at that picture and I mean, okay, the deer is going this way in the picture of the video. Right. You kind of look at the map and connect the dots a little better than just, oh, there's a deer there at three, three o'clock or something. Mm -hmm. So, all right, guys. Well, I hope you heard something different on this episode that you haven't heard before. Um, talking about trail cams. I feel like if you want to get any placement knowledge, um, multiple podcasts out there. Trail Cam Radio is great. They, they have a really good episode about that. There'll be a lot of podcasts coming out talking about where to put them, when to put them, putting them over feed, whatever. This was just kind of some stuff that I didn't think a lot of people would talk about. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, like we always say, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy. And Whitetail Legacy is out. <laughs>